Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Hey, Becky. Hey, Julie. Last episode. Hi, guys. We have an alternate intro where Julie gets to pop in. On the- <laughs> I love it when Julie's on the podcast. It just makes everything so much better and lighter. I mean, she keeps us real and she keeps this entire thing going behind the scenes. And so I love when she can come up and share her wisdom because y'all, sh- her gut is so right. It's so in tune with what is happening. So on point. And she just gets it, y'all. So I'm really excited that Julie's joining us today. And Julie's totally under her chair right now and does yeah. not want to be a part of this conversation because we're being too nice to her. I am. I My joke of the last year has been that I hear John and Becky's, the sound of their voice more than my own in my head because of all the editing. So I'm excited to be a part of it. It's very scary that I'm in Julie's head more than Julie is in her head. Very dangerous thing. But if you don't know Julie, she is behind the scenes creating and producing and working with our incredible guest and the content of We Are For Good. And she really is a driver behind making all this happen. So we, we super value all of your insight and wisdom that you bring to the table, even though you're only 25. It's amazing. It is amazing. And today we're talking about not only the best of season four, but we're talking the best of 2021. We have, this is our first completed year of podcasting. Can you guys believe it? Yeah, it's kind of nuts, right? I mean, there's been a lot of huge milestones and I feel like, you know, we just came out of the leadership series on Fridays and we were encouraging everybody to reflect and we needed to do that too. I mean, we've had 200 plus conversations on the podcast. 150 of those have happened this year. And so we've learned a lot. We're in this posture of always learning and growing. And so we have kind of decided as a team that there's six things we want to lift and one good thing just to get you hanging on to the very end. But I'd love to unpack some of these lessons together through the lens of the community that has taught us these things and just the real world examples of it working. So where do we want to start, y'all? Okay, so let's dive into the first one. And naturally, the number one is going to be our bedrock of our company, that community is everything. So every single person we've brought onto the podcast has illuminated that we cannot go at this time and this season of work alone. We need to be in community to learn, um, to understand what's working and what's not. We need to be in community to understand our people and to understand what their needs are. And when I say our people, I'm not just talking about donors. I'm talking about your volunteers. I'm talking about your board members and your staff. The culture of your organization needs to be as vibrant as the community you're trying to serve. So I would start with, you need to find a trusted community to learn and grow. We hope We Are For Good is one of those places. But if you're just finding us and you're one-off right now, just getting a little education, good on you. Go find a tribe of people that you can encircle and learn from. Start interviewing friends and volunteers, understanding their heart. Find a mastermind maybe that works for you this year. One of the questions I'd be asking is, what support do you need 
next year to be successful? What does the training look like for you? How are you getting education? How are you learning from other people who may be in a different sandbox than you? And by sandbox, I mean, they may not even be in your industry, but they there's something that could be learned maybe from an entrepreneur or from a social good agency. And I also think the power of life coaching is something that we have watched unfold in pro where we bring in an expert and they literally have people that come into the community. They're talking about the things that are plaguing their organizations, things they can't get over and to watch in real time, someone walk a professional through how to manage the change they're wanting to see is fascinating. And so pro has an incredible component to that, but there are a lot of life coaches out there. We would encourage you to go find and then just lean into this community. Like we love the people who are in the We Are For Good community, whether they're listeners, whether they're in weareforgoodcommunity.com and find some friends to go along with on this journey because it can be lonely and it can be taxing and we're all tired and we're burned out. But when you can kind of lift each other, it makes the burden less heavy and it puts the mission back at the center of our hearts and reminds us why we're doing the things that we do. So one of the next big themes, and I would consider it, yes, we focused on it this season, but I think we learned it all this last year and I'm preaching to our team as well, is to take care of yourself and your teams. I think the last two years have been taxing on everyone and we're in an industry that's so selfless and everyone works a lot of hours. And so I just think we're really focused in going into this next year of how we can better take care of ourselves and look out for our teams. Um, so it was our honor to put on Mental Health Week. I feel like I personally learned so much and I just wanted to lift the conversation around compassion fatigue versus burnout because I don't think I ever understood the difference between the two until our friends at Cohort for Care broke it down. And Same. so Eleanor Wells shared that we have to foster a culture that values self-care. Don't just value it, push your teams to embrace it. And she said, what we really want people to realize and remember is self-care is not selfish, but it also doesn't happen by yourself. So I just wanted to lift that because not only do we need to be taking care of ourselves, but we have to foster that culture that are you constantly checking in? Are you pushing your friend to actually take the time off and take care of themselves because it's so easy to just keep pushing through. Um, so I feel like that's just something I learned a ton this year and this season. Oh man, did I ever. I'm feeling that so hardcore. And you and I talk about this often as Enneagram twos. It's yeah. so hard to focus on taking care of ourselves, but that is how we refuel to pour into others. So great points, Julie. And I think, you know, like mental health week allowed us to storytell in a really personal way. And Becky, like giving you a shout out that you were so vulnerable to really want to share your journey and your ups and downs through it. Um, just really set the tone for how we as a company want to just lean into this and talk about it and destigmatize it. And it just begins with just feeling like you have people to talk to. And so I hope you feel that in our community here because no one's going to be um, putting you on the outside for stepping forward and being honest about where you're coming from. You're going to find support here. Absolutely. So I kind of think that leans into our next lesson learned. And I remember the day that, you know, we have all these conversations. Sometimes we're batch recording and we're, you know, literally talking to people around the world all on the same day. And there's sometimes when I'm like, okay, these people, do they talk before we all talk? Because <laughs> like, they don't know each other, but they're both saying so much the same thing. And this was the word alignment. You know, I just kept hearing alignment this season, especially 
because I think, you know, when you come out of something as traumatic as what the pandemic has been for everybody in so many different facets and ways, it's like, we're trying to, I don't want to sound cheesy, but build back better. But in the same way, like how is alignment connected to, how are you building back more in alignment with your values, with your time? Now that we've kind of realized more what time looks like when you take it away. Um, and in the same way, how are we doing that with our funders? You know, how are we stepping into these deeper relationships that are not just one dimensional with our funders, but really trying to value align so we can go deeper and work to really solve the things that our missions are fighting for. And we saw that through some conversations specifically with Simon Mannering, who is, you know, this incredible thought leader that is challenging the industry to like work together. Collaborative leadership is the wave of the future. Business is stepping into this and nonprofits going to be left behind if they don't meet the moment of just coming to the middle. And I just love those conversations because to me, it's perpetuating what we're here to do. You know, it's getting, we're building back in a completely different way. And I just think it's powerful. The last one is about culture of your organization. I'm so geeked out in the work that the historic agency is doing around this. Mark Miller, Ted Vaughn, you know, they're just saying, what the culture is like in your organization is part of your brand. Like that's, people see that, people know you, you know, LinkedIn makes all of us have our own personal brands now to where if that's out of alignment, people are going to sniff that out. So you really do have to look at building a culture internally. That's what you want it to reflect externally. And so I'm just loving this moment and loving that word so much. Okay. I have to just align. Sorry. I have an alignment story on that, but if you're someone who doesn't think that culture is tied to your brand and that it doesn't have an impact at the bottom line, I submit to you, look at what Mackenzie Scott did before she gave her gifts. She did a very deep research dive into organizations and not just their financials, not just their missions. She was looking at leaders and are they empathetic leaders? How many people of diversity are in these organizations? How are they serving marginalized people? How are they serving their staff? What kind of leaders are showing up? These things are beginning to matter. And P.S., they've always mattered. It's just yeah. coming out now. And that has had, you know, a seven or an eight figure um, ripple effect to several organizations. I think about Ana Maria Argalagos with Hispanics and Philanthropy. That Mackenzie Scott gift gave them unrestricted license to run and to scale. And it's because she saw the vibrancy of their culture. So I just have to double click on that and say that is something that people need to be looking at. And if you're interested in listening to those episodes, this incredible one on culture was episode 189 in Simon Manwaring. That was probably a top three podcast for me of my mind exploded in season four. His episode was 193. Okay. So I want to transition into number four, which is your voice is your currency. I have to create a little pause there because I need you to know that your voice, whoever you are in the world, is important and it's needed. And so the thought that someone who is young in our organization, who's inexperienced, that they wouldn't have something to give, that they wouldn't have insight to provide is very scarcity mindset. And so I think about Kimberly O'Neill, who was just on the podcast like a week ago, and she is such a great thought leader in this. And she she's saying things like, we may not have the same lived experience as the constituents we serve, but it's crucial to be educated and keep 
keep up with the people that we're serving. And so this is really about listening. Are you listening to your staff? Are you listening to your beneficiaries? Are you listening to your donor? And this is what the education process is all about. And I just have to read this quote from Kimberly because I thought it was so powerful. When we pay attention to our stakeholders, we're not going to get it right all the time. We're just not. But when we get the lesson, that is the point that we can no longer say, I didn't know. And this is the moment where things have to shift and change. We need to lean into listening and then we need to elevate our voice. We need to be an advocate for others. That was episode 207 if you want to go back. But there's also this concept of voice of stepping into your thought leadership. And this has become a very burgeoning sector in um, part of our business right now where we're seeing people who are rising up and creating content and thought leadership and followings around really big ideas. And so if you have information about your mission, that um, could be shared with the world, get out there. You need to serve that up. Tanya Bhattacharya was episode 127. She says, people follow leaders that they know, like, and trust. They roll up their sleeves and jump into the arena to help those leaders make the shifts happen. Tanya has such a great step-by-step instruction about how to set up thought leadership on your LinkedIn. And then the last thing that I want to say is just that empathy-based leadership is a core component to lifting your voice. You have got to be leading through seasons of change with trust, with security, with compassion. And I think one of the people that really illuminated this for us was Isla Malik, which I am just going to love on Isla at the end of this episode, because she is such a brilliant thought leader out on the West Coast. And she's saying leaders have to over-communicate in these periods. She said there's staff anxiety. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot going into stakeholders and things that are just honestly distracting us from our mission. Leaders need to over-communicate visibility, the ability to be approachable, and make things really matter in seasons of change. And that starts with investing in your people. We're taking a quick pause today to thank our sponsor, Neon One. Our friends over at Neon One provide software that connects organizations to what matters most, their people and their passions. With the year-end giving season here, there's a lot to learn about the results from Giving Tuesday that could help your year-end campaigns. Like, would you have guessed that over 45% of all donors were new to the organizations they choose to support? Or that 55% more of Neon One's clients participated in Giving Tuesday compared to last year? Giving Tuesday was a huge success, with over $22.2 million raised on Neon One, and end-of-year appeals are still on the horizon. Are you getting ready for the final days of 2021? Get support from other nonprofits like you by joining Neon One's year-end giving connections community today. Visit neonone.com slash weareforgood or follow the link in our show notes. Hey friends, after meeting some of the most visionary leaders and world changers in the nonprofit sector today, we realize they all have one thing in common. They invest in themselves and their teams so they can stay relevant to what's working now to succeed and scale their missions. You know us, we believe education's for all, and that's when we created We Are For Good Pro. Pro is reimagining nonprofit professional development, giving you access to incredible live coaching events with some of the best thought leaders like Kishana Palmer, Lynn Wester, and more. Imagine being able to work through your challenges in real time, that's the power of pro every week we host a new workshop giving you the playbook and tools to take immediate action build your confidence and grow your impact be the pro and get started today with a 14-day free trial head over to weareforgoodpro.com slash free okay let's get back to this amazing conversation 
the next theme I want to lift is we got to talk a lot about people my age and the future of philanthropy. So a theme that we're watching is just how Gen Z and these upcoming generations are going to radically change the landscape of philanthropy. So it was so fun to do a young professional focused leadership series. Um, I was honored to join those combos. But we talked through what to do in your first 30 days of your new job, how you as a leader can attract this amazing talent and these new leaders into your nonprofit, and then also how to keep them. Um, We're just so excited about the future. They're calling Gen Z the philanthropines. It's my favorite. Oh, I love that. So So philanthropy is just baked into our lives, not only with our personal lives, but our work. And so I just love those conversations and getting to highlight people my age and how we're showing up in the world. And another favorite conversation was episode 165 with the Movember queen, Caitlin Whitaker. I know Movember just wrapped up and it was so fun to watch their success over the last year. And they are mobilizing millennials and Gen Z through crowdfunding and a perfect example of how to give the power into the hands of these rabid fans. Um, So definitely go take a listen to that. If you're wanting to figure out, you know, you need to tap into Gen Z, but you're not sure how to do it. I would definitely start with her because they literally have the playbook and the toolkit to hand over to you to make it happen in the next year. And then our new friend, Manuela Testolini in episode 198, she talked about Generation Alpha. And I just learned that we're calling them Generation Alpha in this last season. Um, But she talked all about developing cultural competency with your kids and with even the younger generation, younger than, than Gen Z. So we just had so many amazing conversations that made me excited about the future of philanthropy and excited of how nonprofits can innovate and engage because it's going to be really fun to watch how it all plays out. And I think I want to give a little pro tip here on Gen Z because I'm so glad you lifted this, Julie, because I think it's such an important conversation. This group of individuals could potentially be one of the most powerful philanthropists in your organization in the next couple of decades. And so what we're saying now is if you can get them in the door Get your organization as a part of their budget, you know, whether that's they're used to paying their Netflix, you know, $15 a month. How do we get them in on a monthly giving basis? That is a place I would say as a pro tip, you could start, have a campaign, really try to attract a lot of these Gen Zers to your organization, give them a heck of a great onboarding experience and just start storytelling because they are going to be to Julie's point, the rabid fans and the massive philanthropists who have grown up with you. This is the generation that is going to lead our missions into this new era of philanthropy. Try it out. Okay. I love where this conversation's going. And I love that the season taught us, you know, we're, we're already ridiculous optimists and ridiculous idealists in a lot of ways, but you just can't argue with some of the storytelling and people that we've met that this point, everybody can do good. Like this is a a theme that we see and we just firmly believe it. We have interviewed an ex-sniper on the podcast. We've interviewed (laughs) an Olympic medalist. We've, you know, talked to tons of different founders and an editor-in-chief for a global publication, executive directors, university professors, billionaires, tech leaders. You know what's funny? Those that like have done something to move the needle are following this nudge that they have at any level, whether they're an expert in that or they just feel called to it. I mean, you know, we just dropped the conversation this week with Sue Ann Arnall, she followed these leadings of criminal justice reform. That gravitated to her as something that's really important. And look at what she was able to do by just leaning into that. So it is building on alignment. It's building on this belief that everybody can be a change maker, 
you just can't stay on the sidelines of that, you know, and follow it. So I want to lift a few episodes here. And this is different backgrounds and different areas of expertise that all just kind of align through this. But one of them would be Amy Foss. She is the executive director over at Shoes That Fit. We dropped this episode pretty recently, 202. But, you know, everybody can plug in by just providing a pair of shoes for a kid. So if you want to get involved, our biggest mantra is just find a place to just do something, you know, just take that action. But we also want to lift Rock Solid Foundation. This was with Eric Newman, episode 172. You know, he had this powerful lived experience of being a pediatric cancer survivor, and he wanted to, you know, find a way that made sense of how he could serve and show, serve families through that pain. And I mean, y'all, we could just keep going through because so many stories are just the same in the sense of people are just people and they're following these nudges that they have to change the world in whatever way they see. And at the end of the day, your story matters. Your story has resonance. So wherever you're listening to this from, look around. There are people around you who are just waiting to be activated and to do good. So connect with them. Have them out to coffee and just ask them about why they love your mission. Get to know their stories and their passions and then find meaningful ways to connect with them in their space. Not in a way that's convenient for you, but in a in a space that is comfortable and familiar to them. We all have something to offer. So don't come to the table empty handed, come empowered. I love that. So we're not going to end this conversation without giving you our collective team one good thing. (laughs) Um, So this is something I personally have been thinking a lot about. So we're throwing out so many things you should be thinking about in the new year. We're saying you need to take care of yourself, but sometimes it's hard to find the time to actually sit down and make that happen. So our team, one good thing is to, before the new year, or if you're listening to this in the new year, take some time for yourself to just get quiet, think, and be. You've been so busy with end of year. You're probably a little burned out. And everyone is just so tired with all of the amazing things that they've accomplished the last year. So it's just crucial that you take a moment to sit and be quiet and actually think about what you want this next year to look like. And sometimes, at least for me personally, the only way I can make that happen is if I remove myself and I actually get quiet. So we just have a couple questions that maybe you can sit and ask yourself or you can do this with your team. Um, So the first one is, where do you want to see yourself this time next year? And then the second one, what are you really proud of from the last year? And make sure you really take time to celebrate those things with your either yourself or with your team. And then a good reflection question, what was the most challenging part of this last year? And maybe what are some changes that you can make in your life to alleviate that in the upcoming year? So think about all those questions and how you can show up for yourself and your mission. Do you Julie, see why Julia is so wise? <laughs> I beat you to it. She's so wise. Well, okay. This is only appropriate, right? We need to take a moment and let's share our favorite episode. But this is not planned favorites. This is just we had to pick one. So I'll I'll start and then I'll put you all on the spot. But I loved getting to meet New Story um, through the podcast with Sarah Lee. And she was episode 163. She kind of helped kick off the season this year. But if you are not familiar with New Story, I mean, here is my view of them. It is young, but they're not disruptive just because they're young. Like they just happen to be young, but they don't feel limited by barriers. They envision a world that doesn't have homelessness and they're just going to try stuff and they're going to run at it and they're going to fail and they're going to be totally okay with failing because it's done in community and it's done with authenticity. 
And the way that they have shown up the last five years or six years since they've been in existence has turned the whole sector on its head of just how fast they're moving, how fast they're growing and just leaning into the moment, meeting the moment. And so Sarah said something that really stuck with me is that bold ideas attract bold people. And you know, I think I've said this before on a Friday convo, but I want to lift it one last time. She came in with such humility, with such like, hey, let's just talk about what works and what doesn't work. And that posturing paired with that kind of vision, I fully believe they're just completely unstoppable. And I just want to have more and more conversations and more organizations look like that from a cultural standpoint. Oh my gosh, please go back and listen to episode 163. And I love that you talked about humility because that is literally the same topic that I picked for my favorite episode. And I picked Isla Malik. She was episode 166. And I think the reason that conversation was so groundbreaking for me is here we have literally a leadership expert in the social impact and nonprofit space, Isla goes into organizations that are leaderless and she gets the train back on the track. And the thing that I love most about her and her massively successful company is that it starts with humility. And she told us that when we go into an organization, we start with understanding we're not the experts and we just need to listen. And when you start at a place of humility like that, she is able to bring everyone together and the collective plan is what lifts the organization. And then people start to see themselves reflected in the plan. They see their voice. They see their suggestion or their idea. Um, They feel seen and cared for. And this whole concept of everyone matters starts in the way that Isla talks about showing up as a leader. And one of the great quotes that she said that I, that really resonated with me is you have to accept that things are not going to be perfect. You're choosing connection over perfection. You're choosing to be responsive over waiting for everything to be packaged and to be perfect. So if we can let some of that go and we can show up with humility, I just think it's going to be game changing to the point we were talking about early in terms of culture that will resonate to our brands. They will resonate to our missions. They'll resonate to the dollars we're raising and what a vibrant organization we become. Check out Isla episode 166. So y'all need to know this about me. I steered clear of the business school in college. My whole family, (laughs) everyone has been through business school. I'm a family of accountants and all of the things. Um, And I said I wanted to do fundraising. So Evan Feinberg with Stand Together Foundation took me to business school. And the way that he thinks is was just so inspiring to me. And they have discovered that their secret sauce to true social change is investing in social good entrepreneurs. So if you missed this episode, it was episode 167, and they're applying their business principles, their entrepreneurial mindsets, and through their Catalyst program, they're empowering some of the best, most innovative nonprofits. You probably know some in your community that are in this program, and they're investing in those leaders and helping them build the right infrastructure, the right strategies. See, I sound like I'm in business school to truly level up and take their missions to the next level. Um, so he was just absolutely inspiring. My favorite quote was, we've tried to lead the way by finding these innovators, giving them a platform, helping them to have stronger management approaches, stronger measurement frameworks, and really more robust vision for what they want to accomplish. Um, so Evan, I am still thinking about that conversation and everyone should go take a listen to him. 
Well, you got a little fan club over here, Evan. So all these Definitely. episodes, but there's just been so much here and it's hard to like tie into a bow, but hope you know that by virtue of listening, how much you mean to the three of us and to mm-hmm. be here. And like this only works with all of us kind of coming to the table in humility, but to really just build a place where we can each be seen, we can share ideas and cheer each other on because it's hard. You know, there's a lot of days that it's really hard, but it's okay when we're together in community doing it. And so. And I have to piggyback on that and just say that the one thing that we don't like about podcasting is that it is one voice. And we want to lift our voice. We want to lift the voice of the guest, but we want to lift the voice of the community. And so every time that you speak into what we're talking about, um, it is so helpful and it creates this kind of vibration in the community and it helps us understand how we can show up and serve you. So find a way to pour into this community. If you're responding on social, whether you're in weareforgoodcommunity.com, let us know how we can be helpful because the the podcast works best when it's a vibrant two-way conversation. And we definitely, again, back to our number four point, your voice matters and it has resonance here. So we, I mean, we're just overflowing with gratitude. Looking back at this year the numbers just kind of blow our minds because it represents people. It represents heartbeats that are part of this community. And so we just want to say thank you. As we look back, there's been more than 153 episodes dropped this year. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. That's a lot of talking. Sorry, Julie. That's a lot of editing on your part. Thank you, Julie. What that represents and the number of downloads that passed 100,000 this year just gives us chills because um, we feel connected to everybody that's listening. And especially when you reach out and um, connect with us personally, we love that. And I think what we're just saying is we value you. Thanks for being here. You're powering this community at every single level. And we have some really amazing stuff dropping. Season five is going to be off the chain. I know we say that every single season, but come, we're going to be, you know, kicking off a 2022 trends to help you get focused for the year. But for now, we just want to tell you all to rest, go rest, be in community with people that you love, focus on things that bring you joy, sit in the stillness, sit in the peace. And thank you for being here. We're pulling for you. Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. Did you know we create a landing page for each podcast episode with helpful links, freebies, and even shareable graphics? Be sure to check it out at the link in this episode's description. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. You can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing, if you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.